there was no one more happy this morning when I saw Elder Cleveland Bass walk in. Cleveland <laughs> uh, was my pastor at Mule Chew for years, years. He, matter of fact, he was the moderator and the examiner at my ordination, you know, so uh, love that dear brother. I, uh, I've been asked to introduce, I'll just take just a very few minutes to understand what introduce means. You know, the, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, when they, in the book of Matthew, the 22nd chapter, 29th verse, Christ said they do err, not knowing the scripture, nor the power of God. Now that, to me, is, is a tremendous statement, especially the power of God. We, we don't understand that. I want to go to Psalms 140. Now remember Psalms, or Psalms, you know, as we, we sang number, select a certain number to be sang. In the Old Testament, during the congregation, they did the same. So let's look at the 139th Psalm just for a second in the sixth verse, because whatever Brother Cleveland's subject is this morning, it's wonderful. It's too wonderful for us to really understand the depth of what the Lord has done for us. Sixth verse says, such knowledge is too wonderful for me it is high, I cannot attain it. We understand, you know, we, I don't understand how he divided the Jordan River, the Red Sea, how he, how he created the stars, but I know he did. See, that's our belief, those wonderful works. We believe that he accomplished those, but it's too wonderful for me to understand. Let's go to Proverbs. I'm going to very quickly here. Just Proverbs, the 30, uh, 30th chapter, the 18th verse because it says, there are three things which are too wonderful for me, yea, four which I know not. The way of an eagle in the air. I want you to think about, I'm going to very briefly, each one of these is a tremendous subject. Think about an eagle in the air. Uh, eagles are a beautiful, majestic bird, very rarely ever moving their wings, but you know they soar at 10,000 feet. One of the briefings that pilots receive is birds, bird strikes. Watch out for the eagles at 10,000 feet. Now, why that? Why that 10,000 feet? You know, there's a federal law. I'm going to stick with the Bible, but there is a federal law that says a pilot cannot fly above 10,000 feet unless they're in a pressurized aircraft or have supplemental oxygen. They're permitted for 30 minutes to go above that but they can go no longer than 12,000 feet without help breathing. An eagle soars at the level where a human cannot exceed themselves without help, without supplemental oxygen or a pressurized aircraft. Uh, inside a pressurized aircraft, I don't know why I'm thinking about these things, but a pilot can take the aircraft to an altitude as long as the cabin pressure does not exceed 10,000 feet. You ever notice when you get sleepy in an airplane? Pilot snuck up just a little bit, you know, but he can only do that for 30 minutes. But an eagle soars at the same level a human can exist without help, without supplemental things for a, a, a period of time. Let me, let me move on to that. The way of an eagle in the air, way of a serpent upon a rock. What are we? We're dust. Dust we are, and dust thou shalt return. What happens when a serpent sneaks through that dust? It leaves a big mark, doesn't it? What happens if we build our house upon sand, as in Matthew? A serpent can crawl through that sand and leave a big mark. 
but the way of a serpent upon a rock. We know who that rock is. That rock is Christ, folks. In the 16th chapter of the book of Matthew, when they asked, Christ asked those disciples, who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? Remember, they give several names there. Peter said, said that thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Now, I want you to watch this for a second because it's misunderstood by a lot of people other than old Baptist, I think. Peter said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus recognized Peter and said, Thou art Peter. Recognized who gave the correct answer. Upon this rock will I build a church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Peter is not the rock. Peter's answer is the rock. What was Peter's answer? Thou art the Christ, the Son of the, the living, living God. The way of a ship in the midst of the sea. Anytime you see that word ship in the Bible, think about a, the church. Because you're safe inside that ship. If you step out of that, you're in trouble. That way of the ship in the midst of the sea. Remember when Christ performed those miracles, the fishes and the, and the loaves? He stayed ashore, and the ship went out, the Bible says, in the midst of the sea. And they got in trouble, folks. Christ wasn't there. I mean, it was rocking. Christ was walking to that ship. Again, a whole new sermon itself. What did Peter do? He saw Christ coming, and he said he wanted to step out of that ship and join Christ. Well, he did. He pictured the church now. He stepped out of that. So many times people think, oh, I don't need the church. You know, I, I can live and I can watch TV preachers and I can read my Bible and all of that outside the ship itself. You know that works for a little while? For just a little while. And what happens? The things of this world begin to take over and we take our eyes off of Christ just as Peter did and begin to sink. Peter, you know, as long as his eyes was on Christ, but he was outside the, the ship. Remember when they got in that big storm and Christ was asleep down in that ship and the storm came up. You remember what they said, carest thou not that we perish? You know what Christ said, the power of God, peace be still, and it calmed down. A lot of other little ships were out there too, the Bible says. They got the effects of that also, even though Christ weren't there, but they received the effects of all of those, those things it did. The way of a ship in the midst of the sea, a way of a man with a maid, always picture Christ. What happens when, when we see our sweetheart, our bride, you know? We do everything for that man with the maid. That, you know, we want to protect them and care for them and even die for them. We think that's the way it should work. Now, <laughs> but the way of a, a man with a maid, the way of those, those things that Christ has accomplished for, for his bride. I'm, I better end up getting too long. Have you ever thought when in the second chapter of Acts when Peter and Titus were preaching on the day of Pentecost and 3,000 joined the church? I have thought so many times, boy, I wish I could have heard that sermon. I wish I had that one on tape, Brother Gail. 3,000 joined the church. I don't know what scriptures were quoted, but I do know the subject. Because in the second chapter of the book of Acts, 11th verse, it tells us what that subject was. It was the wonderful works of God. It's what they preached on. So notice it didn't say the works of man on what we do and accomplish. 
when 3,000 joined that church in second chapter of Acts, these were the Jews too, by the way. He didn't preach to the Gentiles till the 10th chapter of the book of Acts at the house of Cornelius. But he pre they preached on the wonderful works of God, and that's what touched the heart. That was the subject on, on that, that particular day. Whatever is on Brother Cleveland's mind, I know it's going to be about the wonderful works of God because that's what we're, that's what this book is about. Amen. About what he has done, not what we have done, done for him. That's enough to introduce Brother Gil. Brother Cleveland, please come forward. 